You know, once we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and we are one of His, you know, we can soar higher than we've ever been in our life before. Amen? As the children are dismissing for Children's Church, if you would, turn in your Bible to Matthew 23. We're on the second part of a series that we've entitled, The Path to Resurrection Sunday. And what this is, we're looking at the life of Jesus Christ, you know, through this final week of His life, right as He was about to die on the cross for the sins of all mankind. So we're taking a look at the last week of the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the lessons that He left, not just for the disciples and the people of that day, but the lessons He left for you and I. Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 23 in just two verses, verses 27 and 28. Last week we looked at our first lesson in this series that we've entitled The Path to Resurrection Sunday, and we saw that true Christianity is more than just mere religion. Many people think that all it takes to be righteous before God is to be religious in nature. Now think about that. Religious in nature, that doesn't make you a righteous person. That religion will never make a person righteous before God. I believe the greatest tool that Satan has that's going to send more people to hell than anything else is not drugs, it's not alcohol, it's not adultery, it's not murder, but the thing I believe that is going to send more people to hell than anything else is religion. Because here's the thing. A religious person, most religious people are good people. I believe we could all agree to that. If you're religious, you know you're probably a good person. And good people think because they're good that there's no way that God would send him them to hell. Well, the truth is God sends no one to hell. Let me repeat that because some people think God sends people to hell. God sends no one to hell. A person chooses to go to hell on their own by refusing the one and only way to heaven, and that is through the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When you reject the only way, what did Jesus say? I am the what? You can say it louder than that. I am the what? The way. Okay? He is the only way. Religion is not the way to heaven. Again, religion is going to send many, many people to hell because they think they are a good person and therefore, you know, God is smiling down on them. Well, the truth is, like I say, they are making that conscious decision to go to hell on their own, basing their salvation, basing their righteousness on their religion, on their good deeds, rather than what Jesus Christ did on Mount Calvary over 2,000 years ago. We have to uh, come by the blood of Jesus Christ because He is the way and not simply by being religious in nature. This was the very thing uh, that, that the Pharisees were, you know, that their, their way of thinking. They were the most religious people of their day and they felt because of their religious acts, surely, surely, God was smiling down on them and they would be the only ones to make it to heaven because they were the only true religious people of the day. You see, we're going to see in our scripture text today that Jesus, he looked down on their religion. Now you say, wait a minute, I thought the Pharisees were Jews. They were. I thought Jesus was a Jew. He was. But Jesus did not smile down on their religion. Jesus 
Jesus was letting them know that religion is taking you straight to hell. Well, wait a minute. Wasn't they following the laws, the Old Testament laws? Yes, they was. But we failed to realize, they failed to realize that the Old Testament was leading them straight to Jesus Christ. Everything the prophets talked about was leading them to Jesus Christ. Everything the prophets taught was teaching about Messiah. And who was Jesus? He was Messiah. Yet they rejected everything that the law they were following led them straight to. And Jesus was not happy with that. They were the most religious people of their day. And they felt because of their religious acts, surely God was smiling down on them. And they would be the only ones to go to heaven. But what we see in our scriptures text today, Jesus said, let me tell you what that I'm comparing your religious acts to. Now, going into Jerusalem, they had these graveyards. And what they would do, see, in the Old Testament law, it said if you if you bumped in or stepped on or touched a, a dead body, you were unclean for seven days. For seven days, you were unclean. And you had to uh, do what we many people have done throughout this pandemic that we're going through. You know, it's quarantine for seven days. Okay. Because you are unclean. Now, this is getting ready for the Passover. This time period here that we're looking at this morning. And if a person, many people were coming to Jerusalem for Passover. And if they happened to bump into one of these graves, touch one of these graves, then they were unclean and they couldn't take part in Passover. So what they would do is, right before Passover, they would whitewash all of these tombs so nobody would accidentally touch a tomb. And be unclean. So this is the setting that Jesus is there with all these whitewashed tombs. And it was bright white. Okay? And just what Jesus was talking about when he talked about these whitewashed tombs. What he was telling them is, look, you think you're so pretty like them whitewashed tombs. He said, but what's in those whitewashed tombs? Bones and a rotten body. And Jesus said, that's the way you are. You appear beautiful, just like these tombs on the outside. But on the inside, you're full of dead man's bones. And guys, what you're missing, he said, you know, you're, you're, you're missing that it's not what's on the outside that matters. It's what's on the inside. And on the inside of these tombs that look so white and so pretty are rotten bones and dead bodies in those tombs. Now, in Matthew 23, we see giving, uh, Jesus giving seven or eight woes and today we're going to look at just one of them the sixth woe and here's what he says woe unto you scribes and pharisees now look at the word next word you hypocrites now wait a minute hypocrites they were religious people they were the ones who knew the law they were the ones who set the example of following the law and jesus has the audacity to call them hypocrites now let me tell you that didn't go over too good with them Okay, that didn't go over too good. That's why they were plotting to kill him for many years. He said, you know, you scribes and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you unlikened to these white sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful on the outside, but are within full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous before men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Wow. What is, how would that make you feel as being a religious person, 
A Pharisee among Pharisees, as Paul called himself. And having this man show up and look you in the face and say, you're no better than the dead bodies inside these tombs. Yeah, you look the part, but inside you is rotten. Inside you stinks. Inside you, you know, I just I have to hold my nose. Man, I wouldn't want Jesus saying that about me. And I don't think none of you do too. Now, in order to understand this woe of Jesus, we must understand, again, that the Pharisees considered themselves the only people who were righteous before God. And that attitude brought condemnation and looking down their noses at everyone else. They felt that uh, they were the only ones that God was pleased with. Now, let's see what we can learn from this sixth woe that Jesus gave to these guys. I mean, you go home and study the other ones, basically saying the same thing to them. Here's the first thing we can see here. True children of God ought to desire to be pure rather than simply appear so. Think about that. True children of God, those who are truly righteous, which the Pharisees wouldn't, you know, they ought to desire to be pure rather than simply appear to be so. I want to suggest to you that this morning, March 14th, 2021, there are many churches full of many people who appear to be righteous, who appear to be godly on the outside, but they're simply appearing to be so. God help us. It's not enough for a person to appear to be righteous on the outside, but be totally empty on the inside. You know, this was the case with the Pharisees, yet they thought, we've got it all together. You see, Jesus constantly challenged the Pharisees because they put on an outward show of religious perfection down to the tiniest detail. I mean, they had it down, folks. They had the right garb on. You know, they had the right manner of speech. I mean, they they even walked the way a religious person is supposed to walk, however that is. They had it together. They had it together. When you saw a Pharisee, I mean, you could recognize them. You know, and when you saw a Pharisee, your first thought was, wow, how righteous they must be. How God must be smiling down on them. There wasn't a doubt in your mind that they had to be a person, you know, of God because they looked the part. Now, I got a question for you. Every one of us in here today look different. Okay? We, we all look different. Would that, would that be a fair statement? We all appear different. So what does the part look like? Does the part look like me in a suit and tie? Huh? What does the part look like? But when you saw Pharisee, there was no doubt in your mind. They were one of God's people. But there was a problem that the eye could not see. You see, the naked eye can only see what's on the outside of a man. The naked eye cannot look through that person and see their heart. Therefore, though the Pharisees had it all together on the outside, Jesus was saying to them inside, you stink. You're rotten. You're full of dead man's bones. You see, inside their heart and their minds were full of pride, hatred, and contempt for their fellow man. What I mean by that is they looked down their noses at everyone else because they were the only righteous people. 
people. You see, they were constantly, you know, looking at others and say, you'll never make it. Because we are the only ones that got it together. If you didn't look like them, you was a person that God was not smiling down on. And if their hearts had been pure, they would not have had this attitude toward others. You see, when we're clean on the inside, we don't look down our noses at others. Only people who have the appearance on the outside does such a thing. You know, I've known people who look pretty rough on the outside. and Probably some of you do too. They look pretty rough on the outside, but inside they're the most humble and nicest person you'd ever want to meet and do anything for anybody. Now, let me ask you a question. What type of person would you rather be around? A person who looks the part, but they're looking down their nose at you because you're not like them? Or somebody who may look a little rough around the edges, but you knew without a doubt if you needed them, all you had to do was call and they would be there. You see, these Pharisees would not lift a finger to help anyone who was not like them. Now, God's concern is with the inner man. What is on the inside, that's what God is concerned about. You see, it doesn't matter the appearance of the outside of a man. What matters is that inside. And you know, for many people in many churches... Think about this. I hope you're not that way. I know none of you are that way. Okay? But for many people in many churches, if a, if a, a, a man, let's just say a man rolled up in a parking lot on a Harley. Now, we know we're not talking about Tom because he don't like Harleys. He likes Hondas. Right, Tom? Amen. Amen. In fact, he's got a sign on his, on his carport, no Harleys can park here, only Hondas. Right? We'll be told. Okay. So we're not talking about Tom. Okay. He's a Honda person. But if a, if a, if a guy pulled up in our parking lot on a Harley, all tatted up, I mean a whole sleeve on both arms, all tatted up. Okay. He, let's just say he had a ponytail. Okay. He had one or two earrings. There's many people who would automatically classify him as a lost sinner on their way to hell. But if a person shows up in a Lamborghini, wearing a $1,500 suit, clean shaven and not a hair out of its place, kind of like Kenneth's, okay? Hair never out of place with Kenneth. I don't know how he keeps it that way. Then many people would look at him and say, he's got to be a godly person. Now, many people are that away. They look at the appearance, the outside of appearance of a person, and they judge that person based on what they look like on the outside. But listen to me this morning. God's concerned about the inner man and what that person is on the inside, not what they look like on the outside. You see, it is it, it, it is the things that are found on the inside of a person that determines what kind of person he or she is. That's what makes the person. What's on the inside. Now, I think we should look our best. You know, especially when we come to church, I think we should look our best. But what matters to God is what we're like on the inside. Because, you see, it's what, what Jesus Christ did on the cross changes the inside. 
inside man. It changes the inward part of a man. Not necessarily his outward appearance. Now, some people will say, nope, if they get saved, you know, they need to change that outer appearance too. If they got long hair and a beard, they need to cut it off. They need to look the part. Well, let me ask you a question. What good does it do to look the part if the inside's still rotten? It does no good. No, God is concerned about the inward man, not the outward man. Look, a pure heart is a sure producer of genuine and permanent righteousness. Let me say that again. A pure heart, a clean heart, a heart that has been changed by Jesus Christ is a sure producer of a genuine and permanent righteousness. Look, we must understand that right standing with God is always a heart thing. God will always judge the heart because what a man is begins and ends with the heart. Look, God judges righteousness by the state of the heart. We must understand that. And the only way to become righteous before God is to have a changed heart. You know, we're told in Romans, Paul said this, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made before salvation. Again, what did Paul say? For with the heart man believeth. Not with the outward appearance, but what's inside. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. That's what makes us righteous before God. Now, the second thing we see here is this. Man has a corrupt heart, and therefore is disgusting in the sight of God. Now you say, wait a minute. You're saying that some people disgust God the way they look on the inside? That's what Jesus was saying about them dead bones in that tomb. He was saying, you guys look the part. On the outside, you look like these white tombs that everybody's passing by so they don't bump into. But what did Jesus say? On the inside, you're disgusting. You're just like rotten bones. You're just like a decayed body. So you see, man, you know, has a corrupt heart and therefore we're disgusting in the sight of God. You see, Jesus said in Matthew 15, he said this. He said, for out of the what? Read it. Out of the what? Out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, and these things are what defile a man. So the things that defile a man, where do they begin? From the heart. So if a man is going to be changed, what has to be changed? His outside appearance? No, the heart must be changed. Because it's in the heart that all of these sins develop. It's in the heart that all of these sins, you know, you know, begin to to, 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 you know, breed and, and get worse and worse and worse. And if that heart is not changed, don't matter what that man looks on the outside, he will never be changed. So it begins with the heart. You see, until the heart is reformed, you know, man is not reformed, no matter how good he looks on the outside, no matter how righteous he may uh, make himself appear. The Pharisees had themselves appear righteous on the outside, but their hearts were still corrupt on the inside. That's why Jesus said, you're no better than them bones in that tomb. God help. 
God help. You see, to have God's favor, man must be righteous. And for that to be effectual, it must begin with the heart. Look, until your heart is changed, until my heart is changed, it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. The Pharisees never understood this concept of Jesus. They were convinced that because they looked the part, kept the law, and acted religious, that must for sure make them righteous before God. But all their righteousness got them was an eternity in devil's hell. That's all their righteousness got them was an eternity in a devil's hell. Now, you see, there is such a thing as being effectually clean and rendered acceptable before God. There is such a thing. But that can only come about as a result of a changed heart. And as a result of a changed heart, we become a changed people. All looking religious will get us, folks, is having others thinking that we are something that we are not. And the last thing I want is for somebody thinking I am something I am not. Rather that be good or rather that be bad. Look, here's what I want you to not miss this morning. These lessons that we're looking at in these final days of Jesus just before he goes to the cross for our sins. You know, he he is about to give his life for us. And all he asks is that we give our lives to him. That's all he asks. Guys, I'm headed to the cross. I'm going to give my life for you. And all I ask in return is that you give your life to me. Surrender your heart to me. Not just become religious people, but become Christ-like people who are willing to become a new creation that he wants to make us into by accepting him as our Lord and our Savior. Look, Jesus made a great sacrifice on our part. And I think what we need to do is ask ourselves from time to time, what kind of sacrifice am I making for him? Again, these are things that Jesus, lessons that Jesus gave just literally hours before he was about to die for your sins. And I think what we need to ask ourselves here is, What sacrifice am I making for him? Because that was the greatest sacrifice anybody could do to die for you. Think about that. He died for you. He gave his life for you. He sacrificed his life for you. Now, what sacrifice is too great for you to give to him? You see, am I sacrificing my time, my talent, my tithe the way I should? Or is those things too great of a sacrifice for me? Are those things too great of a sacrifice? Look, all I can say is compare the sacrifice he made to you or made for you to the sacrifice you're making for him and see if it equals out. I will assure you, not a one of us can get to the point that we equal out with the sacrifice he made for us just from the small sacrifices we make for him. And you know what? In actuality, they're not really sacrifices. They're not really sacrifices. If we sacrifice more time, who gives us that time? God. If we sacrifice our talent, who gives us that talent? God. 
If we sacrifice our tithe, who gives us the, the, the money? God. So is that really a sacrifice? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is attending church a sacrifice? Listen, if attending church is a sacrifice for you, you really got a problem, okay? If God has blessed you with a talent, if sacrificing your talent is a sacrifice, you got a problem there. You got a problem there also. What is it? What sacrifice are you making for Him? That you would say this kind of makes us even. Look, the lesson that Jesus gave us this morning is you've got to be changed from the inside out, not the inside in. You can't say, well, I'm going to start, I'm going to start going to church and I'm going to start dressing like the preacher does. Let me tell you, you'll never fill out a suit like I do. Don't even try. You can take that for what it's worth. That one, no button. But I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start wearing the proper clothing. I'm going to start looking the part. And then maybe what's on the outside can be transferred to the inside. It don't work that way. Jesus said you deal with the inside. Then let the outside take care of itself. Jesus said, I'm here to change the inside. I'm here to change the heart, the part of you that that perceives these evil thoughts, the part of you that brings about murders and adultery and fornication and thefts and false witnesses and blasphemies. That's what I want to change, Jesus said. Because if you allow me to change the inside, then you'll be a whole different person. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, listen to me, I don't care how pretty you look. I don't care how many times you come to church a week. It's all for naught if that heart has not been changed. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. He wants to change your heart this morning. He's not concerned about the way you look, old, fat, and ugly. It don't matter, okay? He's wanting to come in, and he's wanting to change that heart and then develop you into a disciple he can be used of him. We're going to have a song of invitation here in just a moment. And if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, we're going to invite you to come. Let us show you God's word and how you too can be changed from the inside out and become a whole new creation in Jesus Christ. Let's pray.